Hi, it's Tracy Crossley. Welcome to my special series, Surviving to Thriving, Overcoming My Darkest Moment, where I will interview guests on how they felt their way through a major emotional low point to create a fulfilling, abundant, and successful life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Surviving to Thriving. Yes, we can all get through it and get to the other side. And today's guest is no exception to that. He is joining me and he is actually somebody who is a little bit different than who I've interviewed in the past in terms of the things that he has been through. And, you know, that's why I love doing this show because I feel that sometimes we can get so lost in our own circumstances and our own crap that we don't realize that, hey, you know what? Somebody else has been through something and wow, look at the perspective that they've gained, right? And look at how they've changed their lives. So anyways, today I'd like to welcome Elton Pete. Elton, say hello. Hey, everyone. Hi. All right, you guys. So let me tell you just a little bit about him so you know who I'm talking to today. So he is a U.S. Army veteran and author. And he was a veteran of the Iraqi war, right? That was, yeah. Yeah. okay. 16 months. 16 months? That's correct. Okay. And um, he's an author who has shed light on PTSD and depression. He's viewed as a kind, humble, respectful, caring motivator with the heart of compassion to love by actions and not words alone. Those are beautiful words. I love that description of you. So, Alton, okay. So, let me um, back up a little bit, and why don't you tell me a little bit about your background as far as, you know, how you grew up, what kind of person you were, leading up to what your darkest moment or moments were. Yes, uh, I grew up in um, the Bay Area, California, Northern California, um, the oldest of four, and um, I went ahead, um, as being the oldest of four, it was a great responsibility. I had to always lead from the front, so actually what I was how my life started kind of like prepared me for where I was getting ready to tap into in the latter years of my life. And we lost my mother. We lost my mom, uh, 1995, October 5th. You know, I'll never forget that day. And that was a very, very uh, tough moment for all of us because experiencing something like that, no matter how old you get and become, it's always a new transition. So that was part of my, uh, my darkest moment. And then, uh, like 2010, 2010, we lost my sister, my only sister. So those two combined together has collectively, and, and I mean, they have been my darkest moment, but uh, I was able to persevere. I didn't give up, but I will say I lost myself because at the time we lost my mother, um, everything shifted on my shoulders. My dad walked away from us. My brothers and my sisters was looking for guidance. So who else would they be looking for other than myself? So being new to this, just like they were, I had to kind of gather it all together and get us together. And uh, we had to move forward. It was tough. I'm going to tell you, it was not one of the easiest things to ever uh, encounter. How but old are you? My mom been gone 23 years now, so I was probably going on 30. Okay. I was going on 30. And I mean, it was, it was just, it was unexpected. I mean, we knew she was sick, you know, she died from diabetes. And that's why I'm a very strong advocate for working out, exercising, eating healthy, 
because it's so important. I mean, even today, it's just so important. But she died of uh, sugar diabetes, and uh, it really uh, it awakened me to really know how important it is to be healthy. So when I was angry with my mom for five years, believe it or not, the first five years she was gone, because I felt like she left us too soon. She was only 48. So that was way too soon. And I mean, uh, <laughs> being, I love my mother. I mean, even until this day, I still love her. And uh, it might seem crazy, but when it's her birthday, like November 3rd, I tell her happy birthday. Now to people that's who crazy. don't, yeah, people don't, for those who don't understand that, I mean, that's my relationship still with my mom. It keeps me connected because you can literally lose yourself. You can go crazy. You can go ballistic. You can you can just lose your mind, and it really takes a strong individual to pull through those rough times. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. Wow. So you had to take care of your younger siblings, right? Because your dad, you said, walked away. Um, and well, I not, not take care of them, but more like kind of gather us together. Just like after an attack on the war. You got to gather your troops together, your soldiers, to make sure everybody is okay, the equipment is okay, weapons accounted for, same kind of thing. I mean, same scenario. I had to make sure everybody was, we was just basically on the same page because, um, you know, losing somebody of that great magnitude, you can imagine what it does to every individual. And everybody deals with a uh, loss differently. So I had to just bring it all, to, uh, bring it all together. Right. It sounds like it. So it sounds like you're naturally a leader and somebody who's used to organizing other people. Yes, I, I am natural leader. Uh, just like my mother, she's the oldest girl. I'm the oldest son. So, you know, we, my mom was a leader. So I'm kind of glad that I took off those traits from her and those skills. Mm -hmm. And um, the transition was rough, but I wasn't going to give up on my brothers and my sister. Because had I did the same thing as my own father, I think my brothers and my sister would have lost a lot of respect for me. And I saw that on the end. And that's why it really uh, made me become more focused and more aware of my awareness so that I didn't uh, turn my back on them. Right. So then you said in 2010, your sister passed away. Right. Was that expected? So, unexpected? Yes, it was unexpected. As a matter of fact, I came back from Iraq 2007. Uh, in the 2006, 2007, when I returned back to duty, and I thought everything was all fine. I mean, she uh, she was looking healthy, looking good. I mean, and when I got uh, orders, what we call military PCS, a permanent change of station, when you relocate, uh, right when I got to my new duty station in 2010 is when I got the news that she was gone. Just that quick. Wow. And so that obviously impacted you as well. And so in these darkest moments that you've described, how did it change you emotionally? Like what, you know, obviously with the loss, I understand that in grief, but in your life going forward, how did that change you? It changed me in a lot of areas. I mean, it made me look at everything in a different perspective. It made me really value life. And as a matter of fact, that's how my book came about you know, because life is so precious. I mean, you just, you see a person here today and then they're gone tomorrow. I mean, that is a uh, unbelievable feeling. And uh, you do need counseling. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say I got counseling because I needed help to deal with my loss, my, my hurt, my pain, 
you know, you can be strong, but you still have feelings. Right. You, know, you still have feelings. And I don't care how much of a man have a lot of pride. I'm going to tell you three things that will really make you cry. A man would be the loss of a mother or your wife or spouse and cutting some onions. <laughs> going to cry. One of those threes of not all is going to make you cry. <laughs> that is true. And hopefully there are other things in your life, though, that make you cry for different reasons. So, um, and then when you were in Iraq for the 16 months in active duty, uh, what was that, what kind of an impact did that have in terms of other moments? Like I'm imagining that there were other dark moments that you must have gone through being in active duty. Yeah, I mean, I put 26 years in for our country and for the sacrifice of our nation and for your freedom and everyone else that's listening out there today. And I'm very proud of that. I mean, I did that because I love people and I love our country. But I will say it was totally different. I mean, it was extremely dangerous, but it was a total different uh, type of life. I mean, it's totally different than losing your mother or losing anyone else that's really close and dear to you. Uh, going to battle is nasty. Going to battle is um, it's dirty and filthy, and it's extremely dangerous because we was in harm's way like every single day, every moment of the day, because we got attacked like six or seven times every month we were there. And then that's not counting the IEDs, the uh, improvised explosive devices going off outside your fire force operating base. So those ex loud explosives can nearly make you lose your uh, hearing, uh, it can really shake you up because it was so close, you know, and we had to deal with that every, the, the whole time with boots on the ground. So it was a very different encounter. I wouldn't say it was really uh, a moment of darkness for me because, I mean, I was uh, being a leader. I had to make sure the soldiers were safe. I couldn't show any signs of fear. And uh, I just thank God he never gave me the spirit of fear. Even now, I'm not afraid of anything or anyone, but I wasn't afraid because I knew what we were there for. We were there to accomplish a mission and we were there to come home safely. Now in between the gaps, <laughs> it was some uh, traumatic moments, but I mean, it wasn't complete darkness, mm -hmm. but it's just like you seeing somebody every single day, you know, you're gonna have moments where everybody like uh, fuss and fight or don't get along or you get tired of seeing this person. And especially when we would come under attack, Everybody who you thought were really strong really wasn't that strong because when you're under attack, fear sets in. Your life is in front of your face. <laughs> it's in your hands. <laughs> right. So you got to really, really be uh, vigilant. You got to be careful. You got to be watchful. And it's very, very tedious. And then you're exhausted because we were doing like 16 hours, sometimes eight hours, 18 hours a day. And then if we got attacked, that extended it even more because we had to guard the perimeters, make sure the prisoners didn't try to escape at the uh, Abu Ghraib prison. So it was a very, very uh, traumatic moment, but we got through it. Right. So I'm assuming the death of your mom before you actually going to war had an impact probably on how you showed up as a leader. Yes, it did because uh, I'm gonna tell you now, Tracy, there's nothing can, can ever compare to losing your mom. Because like you guys, I'm a strong advocate for women. You guys got that mother's love that's unbelievable and it's irreplaceable. And once you lose your mom, there's nothing that can compare to that scenario. 
because mother's loves are more powerful than anything in this entire world. So my mom, it did prepare me for that. I mean, it prepared me for the next journey of my life. And because I went through it and I got counseling, that actually helped me to support my way through it because it would have been really tough had I not got the support, the counseling through the military. It would have been really, really tough on me. I can imagine that it would be. And I'm just kind of wondering because you were saying you didn't really have any fear when you were on the battlefield. And as you said, everybody has their life in front of them and the strong ones go into a state of fear, but you didn't. And I'm just wondering if that, you know, came from your experience of losing your mom and your, your shift, let's say, on how you saw life to be and the preciousness of it. Yes, I think that part of my life, that aspect of my life came through from growing up in church. I mean, we are, we are true believers, Christians. So uh, I just believed in God. I prayed. I mean, oh, my God, I prayed so many times until I felt like Daniel in the lion's den. I was praying so much. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I just prayed. I prayed that God would just wouldn't give me that, that spirit because fear is a spirit, you know. And sometimes I have to walk away from the soldiers because I can see it in their eyes. And it was so thick until you can feel it. So I have to kind of walk away and kind of distance myself a little bit not show them that I was better than them, but in a way I didn't want that that spirit to rub off on me because man, once they see fear and they know you're fearful, then you lost them because you'll start losing lives, especially when they're counting on you to lead them through the uh, through this war. I can imagine, and I would imagine, you know, like I know you deal with PTSD and depression. Now, was that from your own experience because of all of these things or you know what are you talking about as far as post-traumatic uh stress syndrome yeah ptsd uh didn't come about until after i got back from war because you know your adrenaline is going so high when you're in war i mean you just like yourself you mad you can't you wouldn't even imagine how strong you are until you're on a battlefield because you don't think about hurting yourself you don't think about uh you know, uh, not performing the mission or the task at hand. You're just there to do the job. So you don't, all those other emotions and feelings, you're not feeling it. But man, when you come back out the uh, battleground, out of the combat zone, that's when everything starts hitting you like a brick wall. I mean, you start experiencing things you never experienced before. And PTSD was really, really strong. Anxiety, uh, that was my issue was the anxiety and, um, Sometimes I'll be driving on the freeway and I will be speeding, like going past the speed limit because I'm thinking on both sides of, of my vehicle, the enemy is trying to attack our, our convoy. So you got to get out of that frame of mind of thinking and it takes time to transition out of that. So I do remember experiencing that and uh, I got through it with my counseling. Uh, even now, sometimes I got to remember, you know, with these mass shootings, I got to remember, am I in America or am I back in a, a combat zone in Iraq? So y'all do get those flashbacks because uh, the Iraqis were attacking us with those AK-47s. And I mean, those were some um, traumatic moments. Uh, and again, I didn't fear. And uh, just like I wrote in my um, bio, you know, I can remember recalling the sounds of those rounds whistling past my ear. And I mean, that was close. They was ricocheting. And I had so many people that was panicking and going ballistic. And I had to 
come to their rescue. Somebody had to step up, so I took the initiative. I stepped up and I made sure all those people, and it was like maybe over 50 people at one time because we was in line in the defect, getting ready to go into the mess hall. So I had to make sure. Can you, everybody, wait, 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 with defect, what is that? Is that? Defect is a dining facility. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, sure yeah. for dining facility. Okay, yeah. Continue, <laughs> okay. please. I just wanted to make sure everybody yeah. knows. Yep, defect, dining facility. And I had to make sure everyone was safe and had a concealed uh, place to go and uh, conceal themselves from danger. And uh, I mean, even every, just like those mass shootings, every now and then I get those flashbacks. And I guess there's something my doctors told me that there's that's something that it would never leave because we were in it for so long until your brain locks into that. And it just takes a long time, just like a person having a car accident. Mm -hmm. They're messed up for a long time. Imagine having a car accident every month for 16 months, what that would do to a human being. So that's what it was equivalent to. So, you know, I just um, I exercise, try to keep my mind focused. Uh, I don't try to go into depression because depression is just, it'll set you back. And we have to believe that we are powerful people. And I don't care where you're from and, and who you are. We are very powerful people, just like yourself. I mean, you're very powerful for what you're doing. And that takes a lot of courage. So, you know, I appreciate that. And that's what we need. We need people that's going to stand up and that's going to represent us because you got to show some courage. You got to show confidence. And you can't show that uh, you're afraid to go forward. I think that in my case, I feel like I have to feel the fear and do it anyway. I know that's a commercial, but seriously, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, I can have fear, but if I let the fear stop me or if I let the fear make my choices for me, I'm probably not going to make the best choices. I'm going to make bad choices. Right, right. And that's why, you know, I always say too, you have to uh, create a plan and execute, execute your plan because if you have a plan of action, then you know what you're tapping into. You know the ins and the outs, the pros and the cons. So you have to have, you have to create a plan and then have a plan of action. Right. And I think that, you know, what from what you've said, it sounds like, and I don't know if this was before your mom died or not, but you've always been a very structured person. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was because my parents, they stayed only like white on rice. I mean, every time I turn around, they were talking to me and it was like, uh, oh my God. Let me try to be a kid. <laughs> but being the oldest of four, I mean, I had to step up for the responsibility real quick and in a hurry. So, but my parents, they just stayed on me and my mom. And I appreciate her that today because we do need discipline. And that's what one thing it did teach me. They taught me a lot of discipline. You know, we can't do what everybody else, else is doing because, because they jump off the cliff. My mother used to say, don't mean you got to jump off the cliff. Right. So you got, you got to use a little common sense. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So I'm wondering then, you know, for you, and I'm glad, you know, that you mentioned that you had counseling and everything for, sounds like everything you've been through, um, what the emotional impact has been in your daily life? Like what, what does your daily life look like? How do you feel on a daily basis? Oh my God, I'm going to tell you, I'm just like everybody else. It may look like I'm doing good on the outside, my front stage may be looking really good and pretty and nice and attractive, but man, I got to constantly work on the backstage and I have my struggles, man. I, you know, I bought this brand new home. Um, I love to cook. I'm a great cook. As a matter of fact, 12 of my 26 years in the army was a cook. 
And I just miss those moments that with my mom and my sister, you know, not seeing my accolades right now or not uh, seeing my accomplishments. That's my struggle. And, and actually that's my motivation because they believed in Alton, they believed in me. And I do miss that and that's what drives me, it keeps me going. And it's like my connection with my mother and my sister. Uh, occasionally I'll get a dream with them in it. When she, my mom first died, I couldn't see her. I would hear her in a dream, but I couldn't see her face. So now that I've gotten better, cause it's a day by day process. Now that I've gotten better with the loss of her and my sister, I can see them in my dreams now, they talk to me. You know, it's, it's amazing how that works, but that drives me, it keeps me focused and I don't want to let them down. So that's why I wrote my book, created my book, and uh, it's for the world. Let the world know your life is so precious. Right, I mean, and I, I like how you put the front stage and the backstage, and I would also assume, so how has this affected your relationships that you have now? With people or just? Uh, just people or, you know, have, you gotten married or you know what what's happened there like how has all of this impacted your life well for one uh it really made me um like i was sharing with you about the mother's love mm -hmm. it made me become more aware about how important women are and i'm 52 now and you know as we get older we really don't have the energy for nonsense we don't, the pettiness and somebody that's really not going in the same direction as you are. So I'm not dating now because I'm too focused on what I'm getting ready to tap into with my brand, my collection and everything else, my endeavors. And I can't have the distraction. You know, I gotta have someone that's gonna believe in me and not see me make it and wanna cleave on like leeching. You know, you know what leeches do, leeches, they suck the blood out of you until you all dry. So I can't afford to have anybody to distract me right now. So, you know, I do want love. I want some unconditional love. And I think when I lost my sister is when I just stopped to kind of think, man, I just want one person. <laughs> mm -hmm. One person that's going to love me unconditionally and we love each other. Somebody I can pamper and cherish and, and adore. And when I lost my sister in 2010, that really, really, that really woke something up on the inside of me. And I just have this much, so much respect for women. And I'm not a man, uh, less of a man to say, you know, I honor our women. I respect you guys because you guys deserve, you guys are queens every day. So it did make me look into that direction. See, sometimes something um, bad got to bring the good out of you. And it's hard to understand why, but there's so much good inside of each and every last one of us until if nothing happens, It'll never come out. Just like the gold and the, and the oil and all that in the ground. If we never dig for it, we'll never get it. So you got to dig up the dirt. The dirt is dirty. So just like in life, we got to go through some moments where it's going to be uncomfortable. You know, faith is uncomfortable. You know, doing the change is uncomfortable. Somebody in and out of your life is uncomfortable. But that defines who you really are because you begin to build characters, you begin to know you can do something that you didn't think you can do. Right, so let me ask you this. Um, you know, in terms of having gone through the things that you have, you know, and, and you have this perception of, you know, life being precious, right? So 
what is it about life that is precious for you emotionally, like in how you feel? What is that? Well, when I can wake up every day, mm -hmm. knowing that I went to war for our country and I see the freedom that we have today, we're able to walk around freely. I mean, despite of the uh, massive shootings and everything else, just to have that freedom to just walk around and wake up every day, go outside in my backyard or my front yard or go in my truck or my car and just go for a ride to the gym or something. That's a beautiful feeling to mm -hmm. be able to just get up. You know, I have my aches and pains because, um, you know, carrying that um, 100 pounds in Iraq for 16 months, I'm starting to feel it. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Yes. Right. <laughs> And every now and then, my right arm is the uh, arm I carry my 16A2. Every now and then, that kind of hurts. So, but I just keep it moving. You know, I can't sit still. I love me. And that's what I want to teach and, and uh, project to everyone. Just love you because um, you are beautiful. You, you, you look good. You know, you, you, you're worthy. You're worth fighting for. And that's what I like sharing with everybody. You know, just love you because I love me. You know, I love me and uh, my life matters. And I want to be an example. You know, I want somebody to see me and say, that Alton, man, there's something good about that guy. He inspires me. And that's a beautiful feeling. Right, right. And that is a beautiful feeling. Um, I believe when other people see us as we see ourselves. And so for you, you know, in all that you've been through and, you know, where you are now, you know, so before we wrap this up, is there anything that you feel is relevant to your own experience? Because so many people get a lot from sharing your experience. Is there anything through these experiences for you that you feel you want to share with anybody that we haven't gone over at this point? Uh, I'm going to share that. Uh, I mentioned that we are very powerful people and to never give up on yourself. I mean, don't beat yourself up when things don't go the way as planned. And 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 what we do in the military, we we do this thing called the AER after action review. You talk about what you got to do, what you need to improve on, what you got to do better the next time, and it's just to help you to uh, become a better person. Um, I would tell anybody: don't even give up on yourself. Don't even kill yourself. You don't have to uh, go into drugs or alcohol. But just regroup, get yourself together, get your thoughts together, and um, figure out what is it that I want to do. What's my common passion or my common purpose? And I guarantee you, when you start using those tools, along with some counseling if you need it, mm -hmm. um, you'll become out. You'll come out as a better person. Have you stayed in contact, by the way, with uh, you know the people that you were any of your soldiers that you were at war with? Oh yes, I, I keep in contact with a lot of them because, as a matter of fact. You may not understand this, but I'm going to share it with everyone. I'm more closer to my military family than I am my own natural family because I spent all my life nearly with them. They know the ins and outs. They know me. They, they just, we know each other. So being back home, being retired for five years now, my natural family, they don't really know me. You know, they think they used to know me how I used to be, but, you know, we change. I've changed. <laughs> right. my, way, my way of thinking and seeing things is totally different than how you do it. So I've, I've changed. And I don't think like my brothers are kind of picking up on that because they think they know how I used to be, that I'm this way today and I'm not. So we all going to change. Everybody's going to change for the better. 
usually, you know, that yeah, yeah. people do if they're into learning and growing, um, you know, and finding themselves. So real quick, um, if people wanted to get in touch with you, what is the best way to get in touch with you? Yes, you can reach me on um, my social media. You can go to my website. We're going to work on everything right now for my collection called lifeissoprecious.com. You can also go to altonpeak.com or you can email me at altonpeak at gmail.com. And um, Facebook is Alton P. And you'll find out all the events that's going on, that's taking place, what's getting ready to come down the line. Just, I want to do something for this entire world and make an impact on this world. What drives you, before we go, what drives you to want to make an impact on this world? What is it that makes you want to do that? Because I love people like you and everybody else. That's why. I love you guys. I went to, I went to war to save lives. My desire is to touch lives in a very significant way. And I love you guys, man. I mean, um, I, I, I go above and beyond. And if something is in you, it's going to come out. So that's in me. I love everybody. Okay. Well, I think that's really something most people can't say. Um, you know? People well, you got to be secure it's... within yourself. I'm secure, secure within myself. It don't make me less of a man to tell even people at the barbershop. I tell them that I love them too. Because I'm going to tell you, that's what's really missing in our world today. That's why people are reacting the way they are. There's not enough love flowing in the air. So if you don't feel that love attention, it's going to make you feel like, man, I got to go somewhere and get it. If it's going in a bad place, I got to get it. Because we're human beings, even animals. My, my, my princess is right next to me now. They just, everybody won't love. <laughs> of course, of course. That's why we're here. And you right. are, there's either love or fear. And, um, a lot of people say, I love everybody. And then they go and start yelling at somebody two seconds later. So, you know, it's, it's that's what I mean when I'm saying people have trouble expressing love. Uh, yeah, I believe that's why we're here. So I agree with you. And uh, if you love yourself, you have a lot more to give of love. Yeah, you do. Yeah, exactly. So, well, Elton, I really enjoyed our conversation today. And I feel like I've learned um, you know, things I didn't know about in terms of being at war and of course, you know, the loss of your sister and your mom, but you know, where people go to emotionally and having something that's so out of the ordinary of their, let's say daily lives, especially here in this country, yeah. um, you know, that affects them also in a way that again, we're not affected on a daily basis. Yes. With the mass shootings and things like that. Absolutely. Um, but I really appreciate you sharing that. And I'm sure your book is chock full of experiences that people can learn a lot about themselves from. Absolutely. All righty. All right, Elton. Well, thank you. And everybody who's listening, thank you for tuning in. And if you have any questions, you can post them wherever you find this video, or as Elton said, you know, you, where to find him. And we should have that information also, uh, wherever you find this video too. If not, you can always email me and I can direct you there. All right, you guys, take care, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. All right, bye.